I want to start out, uh, this wasn't even in my notes, but being, we, were, we were talking during worship about being spirit-led and, and just listening to the spirit, and I really felt the Lord speak to me last night in Walmart. I was just there casually uh, grocery shopping, grabbing some fruit and stuff, and I was in the chip aisle. I don't even think I bought any chips, but I was in the chip aisle, and uh, this dude uh, named Dave came by, and uh, he, he was a worker there at Walmart, and I was like, hey man, how are you? He's like, I'm blessed and getting better. I was like, whoa, yeah, that's cool. Like, I never heard anybody say that. And I was kind of like not feeling that well because of something I ate. And I was like, man, that made me feel better. Like, I was, I was like, wow, Dave just made a positive impact on my day. He, he did not only say like, oh, yeah, I'm good and just kept walking. He said, he said, I'm blessed and getting better. I was like, wow, thanks, Lord. I needed that. You know, I needed a little nudge. I needed a little encouragement. And then the same guy within 30 seconds came back and said, hey, dude, has anyone ever told you you look just like Ben Affleck? And I was like, no, people think I look Asian, but not Ben Affleck. So it was interesting. But I did in in all of that and and through Dave's enthusiasm, like the the Lord really encouraged me through that. So don't ever underestimate um, how encouraging you can be in just a a simple passing comment or uh, the way you approach someone in the grocery store. It can really change someone's day. But um, getting into the message tonight, like he said, we're going to continue in the vein of 1 Corinthians, but we're not really going to be in 1 Corinthians, but we're definitely going to stick with Paul and what he said and what he says to us. And uh, tonight I get the opportunity to preach to you um, uh, from a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, and that's uh, missions. And more specifically, it's not just missions in general, but it's, it's how we can be generous towards missions, how we can give to the cause of missions and missionaries here tonight. And, and I want you to know, if you get one thing, that, that you can buy into something so much bigger than yourself. You, you can have a generous heart in a way that you never imagined. And the legacy that you leave with your generosity can impact people um, that you may never see. But uh, as you know, as he said, I'm about to leave. i got two Kai Alphas left. And uh, I'm about to go to, to do a Kai Alpha internship at UT San Antonio. I'm looking forward to that. But it's definitely bittersweet leaving the family here. But I know it's where the Lord wants me. But uh, any, anyways, Chi Alpha, you, you've probably heard the name a lot. And, and I'm willing to bet most of you don't really know what it means. Um, at least for me, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know the origin or anything. Or, well, what's Chi Alpha? It sounds just like a frat, just like a sorority, just like an honor society. And, like, I didn't really care. I knew that they loved Jesus and, and the people there were real. So, like, can I be a part, you know? My, my first interaction with a Chi Alpha leader, I was like, hey, man, what's Chi Alpha? I was like, I, I had no idea, but, um, but hey, it, it means Chi Alpha in Greek. I looked it up, I researched it for you, and Chi Alpha literally means Christ's sent ones, and, um, and uh, that's, that's really the origin of what we do, the, the origin of, of our heart here at Chi Alpha is mission, sending people and just, and just living for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20, kind of our motto verse, Paul wrote, um, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. What this means is, is we represent Jesus wherever we're at. Uh, we, we, we represent his, his image, His love, and His faith. And as though God were making His appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And that's it. Like, we're Christ's ambassadors. We literally represent Jesus wherever we go. And just to give you a picture of what, what impact this Chi Alpha here in San Angelo has, has had over the last 14 years. Um, we, over the last 14 years, we, we've seen just over now a thousand students come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Does that get anybody excited? Yeah, yeah. Come on. 
from the same group, we, we've seen universities like TCU, UTSA, UNT, Duke University, we've seen, seen all of those ministries be heavily impacted because of the sending of missionaries through the ministry here in San Angelo. Uh, from this same group, we, we even saw an international student that loved Chi Alpha. He became a student leader, and he loved it so much, he wanted to take the process back to South Korea. He, he, he went back and he installed the idea of life groups to his home church. That church gave it to other churches, and now from the legacy that we leave here, from discipling him, um, there's churches in South Korea that, that are knowing God, sharing life, and serving others. They're, they're doing life groups. Amen? I think that's awesome. The, the, the legacy that we leave is so much bigger. And, and like I just said, our, our vision here is, is know God, share life, and serve others. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this. And as we know, knowing God is first and foremost. It's, it's why we're here. And uh, we, we hope that you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And not only that, but you would walk out a lifelong relationship with Him. You would abide in Him and, and with Him in every, every day of your life. And, and sharing life, the second part of it. Um, that's just as important as well. Um, we believe that you would be a part of a community, but not just any community, but a, but a biblical community, a community that loves Jesus. And um, we, we can share this faith that we have in common with other brothers and sisters that, that, that are there for you literally all the time, every day. They will answer that phone call um, from someone that was in a small group, in a life group for two years and that led one for three years here. I'm telling you, you need to get in a life group. It will change your life, and you'll grow more from that interaction, that small group time once a week or every day of the week, depending on the small group. But um, you'll grow far more there than you ever will in this, in this building in a, in a large group setting. Um, that's the heartbeat of Chi Alpha, small groups. But uh, as we get into, into the, third leg, in the third leg, serving others, that's where we're going to spend most of our time tonight. And uh, you, you might ask, why? Why serve others? Why college ministry in general? Why, why is it important that we do this? Why are we called Chi Alpha at Angelo State? Well, we, we believe in, in, in three to six years, depending on your degree plan and what happens and how many times you change your major, you'll graduate college, you'll, you'll receive a degree, and you'll take that degree or the connections that you made with that degree um, to many different cities, many different countries, many different cultures. You, as a college student, as a young adult, um, have the greatest potential to travel all over the world, right? You have, you have the education, um, you, you have the money, you have the resources. not saying that we're rich, but, but we, we are some of the most rich people in the world, um, whether we know it or not. And uh, we're blessed to be even able to go to college. And uh, you have the highest potential to, to go and travel the world. So why not tell you about Jesus now? Why not teach you to know God, share life, and serve others? And, and if you can do that now in your three to five years of being a college student, what if you take that with you to other countries? How many more people in your future workplace, your future job, your future family will know the love of Jesus because of what you learned in college? Um, before before you're, you're a student in college, you're a thousand times a Christian. You're a thousand times a follower of Christ. And uh, that's, that's what we're here for. And... and, and and wherever the Lord takes you guys in the next 10 years, know that you can take the hope of Jesus with you, the gospel message with you to empower. And that's our strategic vision of Chi Alpha. We, we want to see college students and generally the next generation take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. And we know Jesus commanded us this in Matthew 28. Uh, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
not just your city or your community or your church, but all nations. And we don't, we, don't under, we don't write that off. That's not an understatement. When he says all nations, we mean all nations. And um, maybe this has all kind of caught you by surprise. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're asking, how can I help make this happen? How can I buy into this vision? And I would, I would say um, before, before we get there, we're going get to uh, get there tonight. And we're going to spend uh, a little time going over some points on how to do that, why to do that, how to give into something that's bigger than yourself. But before we do that, we want to spend a few minutes looking into the life of the Apostle Paul. And we know uh, Heath talked about this last week, um, Paul being a missionary, but like the ultimate missionary, right? He, uh, he was spreading the gospel, and, and we're going to pick up in his journey where he goes from like a part-time missionary to a full-time missionary. And this is in Acts chapter 18. He wrote the letter to Corinthians, the church he planted, the book we've been studying, and this all happens about the same time as we pick up in Scripture here in Acts 18, verse 1. If you want to read with me. Um, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome, Paul went to see them. And because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. So we see here Paul's not a fully funded missionary yet, so to speak. He, he makes tents. He's a tent maker, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday sort of thing. And, and he goes and he witnesses. He spreads the gospel on his Sabbath, in his free time, so to speak. But, but the lifestyle of Paul is about to change because of the generosity of someone else. For the willingness to give from, from, from other people, his whole lifestyle and his whole priorities are about to change as we pick up here in verse 5. It says, When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. And what we know here contextually from the scripture is Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, which, which there was a church called Philippi. The people in the church of Philippi, as we know, the book of Philippians, um, had, had great generosity toward Paul and his missionary efforts and to his efforts in spreading the gospel. And it was because of their giving hearts that Paul went from a tent maker full-time to a full-time um, missionary to being fully devoted to spreading God's word. Um, that, and, and I can't exaggerate enough. This was because the church at Philippi, the, the generosity of the hearts of the people there. And, and if, you, if that name sounds familiar, it's because it is. The book of Philippians. Um, that, that book is basically a thank you letter from Paul to that church saying thank you for the money that you've given me that allows me to do the ministry to do what the Lord has called me to do. And uh, we know with that gift from the church that Silas and Timothy came with, Paul was ready to do um, the Lord's work when necessary. His highest priority was the proclamation of the gospel message. He didn't have to work part-time anymore. He didn't have to only preach on his Sabbath or his free time, but he could literally go to bed every night and wake up every morning concerned with the message of the gospel and how can we spread this to more people. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Well, why do we give to missions? I want to have three points here and then we're done. But why, why should we give to missions? 
Why should we give to missionaries? Number one, giving allows us to participate in God's purposes. If you're taking notes, write that down. Giving allows us to participate in God's purposes. Now, as we already kind of covered, Jesus commands. It was the last command that he gave his disciples and all of us before he left, before he ascended to heaven and sent us the Holy Spirit. He said, go make disciples of all nations and, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Holy, the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I want you to know, when we support a missionary, we support the ministry that that person carries out. We have a hand in the impact that they have. The lives that come to know the Lord because of them, the new believers that, that become discipled to leaders in the faith, we get to share in that joy, in that fruit, in that blessing when we give to that missionary, when we give to that effort in ministry. When anytime you see a, a local missionary or a foreign ministry, uh, missionary here in San Angelo or in Africa or Thailand, whatever pops in your head, when you see a successful missionary on the mission field, um, you have to know that there's a team of 10, 20, 30, 40 people that are consistently praying and giving their finances, their resources to that person and to the vision that God has given them um, that keeps them equipped and enabled and able to be on the mission field. We don't see that when we see a missionary, but there's, I can speak for myself and other missionaries in the house. There's a team of people that is necessary to, to not only be giving of their resources, of, of their money, but of their prayer and of their time devoted to, to just interceding for that missionary. There's definitely a, a, back, a back story there. There's more than what meets the eye. And you may be thinking again, this missionary thing, this is all new, but this sounds very interesting to me. How can I do this? And I would say, be faithful right now where the Lord's put you. For most of you, he's put you in college. Maybe you just graduated high school or you're about to graduate college. But I would say, get that degree. Finish that degree. It's, it's essential to be a campus ministry, a missionary. To, you have to have a, a college degree. But, but be faithful. And as we just read the Great Commission, it says, go make disciples of all nations. And for us, we, we know that it's either our responsibility to go or to send. And right now, for you, seek the Lord on this. It, it may be uh, your responsibility to send so that one day when God has equipped you, when he's readied you, you can go. But, but for us, we have to know that we all, right here tonight, sitting here, can play a crucial part in the Great Commission by either going or sending the ones that go. Now, I want us to give, uh, give you a little visual. I was going to use actual things, but I'm not going to. Um, for how crucial it is to, uh, to, to, for, a, for a missionary to be fully funded. And I want you to think of uh, a fishing hook, a hook that you catch some fish with. And now this, this scripture in Matthew 4.19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Jesus says to his disciples. And now I want you to think about this hook, and then you just get some wire cutters and chop that hook off. That's not going to catch very many fish, is it? Right? No? No fish. <laughs> That's, that's what a missionary is that's not fully funded, that's not healthy financially, and that's not equipped to do what the Lord has called them to do. Um, they're, they're divided. They're, they're not set on one thing. They don't have the equipment ready to go fishing because they're not provided for. They don't have the backing financially. They, they end up being split in their time and their devotion. They're more worried about uh, where, where their money's coming from than who's hearing the gospel today, right? Right? Um, 
It's not a thing like missionaries go from, from eating, eating Campbell's soup to ramen soup, but they literally can't do it. As far as this denomination is concerned, if you don't raise your budget as a missionary, you, you can't go to the mission field. It's a no-go. And, uh, and speaking as a missionary, for all the missionaries, we want to do that. And I, if you want to, too, one day, you have to be fully funded. You have to have that backing support, those people that buy into what you're doing. Or you can't go. You're like a fish, without, a fish hook without a hook, right? Now, giving money is significant for us because it represents giving part of ourself. And it's what we've earned um, working hours at a daily job, I'm willing to bet. Whether that's $7.25 an hour or $20 an hour, I don't know what you do. But it can be difficult at first to think this way because we can be so consumed and so concerned with our current needs and our current wants that, that we never even considered giving some of that to something else. But as we know, if we concern ourselves with God's purposes, He promises to us to give us everything that we need. Now I want to share the scripture, 2 Corinthians 9. Um, 6 through 8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't miss this, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And for me, what sticks out, there's a lot of alls and everys there. God doesn't say, if you give to a missionary, you'll be provided for part of the time. Uh, when you give to a missionary, you're, you're only going to be provided for if you put in 10 extra overtime hours at work. He doesn't say that. He says that you will abound in every good work, and he will bless you abundantly. When we buy into God's purposes, he blesses us, right? When we buy into, into what he's doing, and the work that he's doing through missionaries, he will bless us. It says you will abound in every good work. You won't just make it by. You won't just scrape by from paycheck to paycheck, but you will abound. You will exceed in every good work. Now, point two, giving is worship. Giving is worship. And I read this passage that I'm about to share with you just the other day, and I was like, whoa, it's definitely worship. Got to share that one. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, um, Devo time. Um, I really hope that you have a Devo time this summer. I really hope that you're spending time in the Word every day with Jesus, with the Creator of the universe. It sounds pretty cool because it is. You get a chance every day to, to be in communication through prayer and be in listening through, through reading His Word to what He has to say to you every day. Amen? That's a Devo life, and you need it. You have to have it. How can you know someone if you're not in communication with them? The Lord wants to spend time with you every day. And, and frankly, as humans, as sinful beings, we cannot go a day, we cannot afford a day without Jesus. Now anyways, the, the verse that I was going to read, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 12 through 13. The Lord showed me this in, your devo, in my Devo time. You should get a Devo time. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Now, if that's not worship, I don't know what it is. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. 
sticks out to me there. I bolded it in my notes. Overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Worship is giving of ourselves. When we worship with a song like we were just doing, we give our breath, we give our praises, we give our adoration, and we give our time remembering all that Jesus has done for us, right? Now it's the same thing with giving. When we give of our resources, when we give of what God has blessed us with to give to others, we're relying on Him to be our ultimate provider. Not our salary or our hourly wage. We say that, God, you are in control of my life. My finances do not control me. My finances are not my God. My checking account is not what controls me. But, God, you are my provider, and you will, I trust you with all that I am. I trust you more than I do myself. God, your capability to provide is greater than my capability to work hard. You are Lord of my life, not just of my time or my devotion, but my finances as well. Lord of my life means Jesus wants uh, to be Lord of every area, not just the, the areas you want to let him in. Think about it. Well, that's what we sing about anyways. I surrender. We give all to the Lord. We, we sing about it. Generosity, giving, gives us the chance to act it out, and to take an action step in worship and trusting Jesus to provide. Giving is worship. Worship is giving. Are you with me? And uh, point three. Giving is part of God's nature. Now, giving is at the foundation of Christianity. And again, we may feel uncomfortable. This whole sermon may take you a little bit by surprise. It may not be something you hear every week or you've heard in church before. But, um, but we have to know giving is part of God's nature. It's simply who God is. Uh, the most famous verse in the Bible John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. It doesn't say for God so loved the world that he took. That's not true. God is a giver. We cannot outgive God. Without God's gift to us today on the cross, we would have no hope. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice to us by giving his life for us. Amen? Now, a prayer that I've prayed for a long time is, is, Lord, help me to make decisions today that make me look more like you, that draw me closer to you, and help me to avoid decisions that, that pull me further away. And I, I think that's a prayer we should all pray. And I assure you, giving is one of those choices that you can make today that will draw you closer to Christ, that will make you look more like Jesus, because Jesus is giving. It's what he did and it's what he continues to do for us every day. Guys, maybe you've never made this connection before, but giving is the gospel message. Jesus hung on that cross. He shed the blood for our sins that he didn't deserve. And, and this is so true when we know the significance of just what Jesus did and the act of giving that he did for us. If we want to learn how to trust Jesus more and rely on his plan for our life and not our own plan, we have to give more, and he will bless that giving. As I said, we can't outgive God. And as Pastor Landon says here at SAF all the time, we're most like Jesus when we give. And my hope for you um, this evening is that you would fall even more in love with Jesus, knowing all that he gave for your sins. The one who deserved nothing gave everything. We don't earn it. We didn't deserve it. He just gave it to us. And... Uh, I want to wrap it up with this verse again out of 2 Corinthians 
for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all. That those who live, us, we live now because of Jesus, those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's the message of the gospel tonight. Knowing Jesus and falling in love with him with the certainty that he gave his life for us. And now we have the opportunity to give what he's given to us freely back to those around us, to his purposes. And tonight, maybe you're saying like, yeah, I should give my time, I should give my money to, to missions or a missionary. But, but as we enter into a little different time here, maybe you're sitting here tonight and uh, you say, I've never given my heart or my life to Jesus. And I just want to take the, few, the next few minutes and, and extend that invitation to you we, that, that Jesus does, doesn't just want um, the things he's blessed you with, but he wants you to proclaim his, him as Lord of your life, as, as, uh, as Lord of everything that you are. Jesus wants your heart. He wants your life. And uh, would you guys bow your heads?